All right, everyone, welcome to another edition, Sunday edition of Crypto with English. Now, to say the very least, we are all in for a special treat today, both in regards to the product and especially as to the guests. So I would love to introduce to you all Blue Hamill and Joy Katharina Lork Schirning. These are essentially the brain trust behind Yen Jin. And uh, if anybody has seen the promo content already, and I'm sure many of you have, this is effectively, this is the world's first NFT tokenized gin. So if you want to talk about a product that exists in two worlds, both in the physical and metaphysical slash metaverse, uh, the NFT world, this is it. So Blue, Joy, Thank you so much for joining me today. Now, both of you are highly accomplished individuals. Both of you are doing something very, very groundbreaking. And this is very much a pioneering type venture in entrepreneurship, in NFTs, and blockchain. So I want to give the floor to both of you quickly to introduce yourselves and talk a little bit about the product from your respective roles and kind of your respective philosophies and thinking behind this. So, uh, Joy, this is your second appearance on the show, so I'm very happy to see you here. Blue, this is the first time you're on the show. I've been very excited all week about this, you know, even starting from our, you know, initial phone call days ago. So, Blue, the floor is yours. Well, thank you. I'd just like to say thank you so much for having us on just to chat and kind of talk about the new product. Um, and it's, you know, a pleasure to be here. But basically, yeah, it's like a take a little small i uh, take a long story short but i um i've been working around like the content and in the more advertising world for for the last 10 years and kind of like working around brands and kind of products and kind of being behind that and um i was i've moved i've been living in the states and then moved back to new zealand um over kind of COVID and all that time and i connected with one of my friends out there called luke our other business partner who runs more the actual side of, he's the mixologist, he knows the world of taste of gin. He is a gin like connoisseur, like that's all he does, he just knows it. Um, and basically we connected and he said to me, um, I would love to release a gin, um, would you be interested in kind of coming on and helping in the more of the branding and design side? And I was like, wow, yeah, I'd love to. I've always been interested around drinks and like working for advertising agencies through Pinot Ricard and working with brands like Absolute Vodka and um jamison and shivers regal and kind of behind those old school brands you know like how they right. speak to people and their content and um but then on the side of that i've been working around the fashion world so it's kind of cool to come to with luke and kind of like figure out how can we bring something new to the market um something that in a oversaturated market when it comes to gyms there's so many gyms popping up so many things happening and we're like okay let's we're getting the taste there. We're getting the design there. But what's next? Like, what's next in the industry? What's happening with brands? What's going on? And I've been on the other side of that. I work a lot in the digital kind of space and 3D fashion and then 3D content. And I was like, and the rise of creating NFTs. And I create NFTs for just physical, just other content ourselves. And we saw, I, I saw that kind of opportunity. I was like, oh, there's no one really in the world trying to do it in a way of like gin being part of the blockchain. Right. And, um, and I was like, okay, this is really cool, interesting. This is something to look into more deeply and kind of figure out why would we get into the blockchain? 
And at the same time as that, me and um, just trying to bring a story shorter, but basically me and Joy kind of connected in the back end of social media, just more around like how she runs so many different NFT pages and kind of she's so into the NFT world. And we just started connecting and then we started talking and then we just started talking about projects we've been working on. And um, this was one of the projects that we started to chat about. And then right. with her amazing expertise and kind of what she's done with Sad Buns and a few other brands that she has on her books, we're like, okay, why, how can we actually tap into like Yen and bring this to life in Yen? And then that's when we started to write, actually build a proper roadmap. Like I kind of, I knew I wanted to bring blockchain into it. I was like, right. okay, it's cool to bring blockchain into it, but what actually gives it leads past that? Like, why are we actually right. use the blockchain rather than like just have it for eye candy or make it interesting because we can drop a drink through an NFT? But then we started to build like kind of the membership base and what's going on around our brand and like where Yen sits. So we we know in the alcohol industry how busy. I mean, sorry, how popular it is to be part of these brands and like. People have whiskey clubs and they have all these different clubs when it comes to alcohol. And we're like, okay, cool. This is a way that we can bring into our brand, but using the blockchain to do that. So initially what we were uh, doing was releasing 100 NFTs. And from that, you get into part of the Yen Club. And from that, you get more benefits. You start coming part of the brand and you start becoming part of, like getting more connected in. And you get discounts. You get um, you get a membership card. And when you go to our, like our um, our stockers and our local bars that have us, they, and you have this special card, you're an NFT holder. You get the discount at these places. Um, and we've been very fortunate with Luke. Luke uh, runs a very popular bar out here in New Zealand um, in Christchurch called Jinjin. And um, Luke has been running it through there. And now we've been doing a lot of taste testings and everyone's loving the drink. And now we just kind of want to now merge this digital world and physical world. And I think that's the great thing with us. With an NFT, there's a lot of NFT projects at the moment, but no one really has what's further next for these projects. They're saying that these things are coming, but we actually, it's quite good with us because we actually have a physical product that sits with this digital product. Um, That's... That's awesome. But I think um, maybe Joy can jump in and talk. Sorry, I don't mean to talk too much. But no, can... no, not at all. And and before uh, before we hop to Joy, I do have one question now. And I would provide a little bit of context to anybody on this. Blue Hamill is a genuine heavy hitter in both style and substance. So if you look him up online on any of the major social media handles, he has worked with Adidas, Louis Vuitton, Yeezy, um, Kylie Jenner, Many, many different brands that have broad, you know, uh, you could say mainstream recognition. So from your point of view, with your background and the types of clients and brands you've worked on, what made you choose gin? Because I would imagine people would say, oh, Blue, listen, it's so much easier if you just, you know, do this from a beer aspect or maybe a whiskey business model or something like that. So what made you... Um, I guess you could say stay the course when it comes to, okay, we're going to do this with gin. I think um, initially it was because in New Zealand at the moment, gin is definitely a rising drink and globally it's rising. Um, right. Especially in the UK, Europe, um, and back in New Zealand and Australia. It's not as popular yet here in Northern 
America, like the northern parts of America. So that's a great opportunity for us, and we like see that as something that we can definitely tap into. But then also, what I think with gin, which is really interesting, is like whiskey takes years and years of kind of like creation, right? right? But with with gin, sorry, you can literally whatever's trending tomorrow, we could make a batch of that tomorrow. I mean tonight, and have it in a bottle and ready to sell. And I think oh, wow. it's just such a cool avenue to be in and there's so many different like the tasting notes the botanicals and kind of like that craft behind it but then also having this kind of it's fresh it's modern it's, it used to be like the drink uh, the drink you used to take to your grandma's 90th birthday but now it's like becoming fresh it's new and people out like the younger communities are diving into it um it's easy to drink with a nice tonic um, and easy to drink straight if you really want to, but it's like right. super great. I think, and also because it's clean and it's um, fresh, and it's I feel like with the beer industry and those other industries, it's just kind of like what's next. Everyone's just like, okay, oh cool, there's a beer here, but what's next after that? And I kind of think with the spirit world and kind of getting into it a little bit more this way, it's just and yeah, it's just a new avenue for me for sure because I've been way more connected in the fashion world and I've worked under like doing brand content for these type of brands but never really had like a huge insight into it so learning from Luke's been great and like understanding the craft behind it but also understanding like yeah just the journey it takes to build like a, a fully established business I guess from the ground up from like the manufacturer but then into the digital space which has been really interesting and really fun to be part of so been very fortunate well, and Joy, again, thank you very much for coming back on to the show. So if you can kind of tell your um, origin story, how did you become part of this project, Yen Jin? And, and by the way, like I said, this is the front lines. This is the frontier of probably and most likely where NFTs and products are moving next. Like I said, this is something that simultaneously exists in two worlds and you two are already doing it so joy i know you're a serial entrepreneur you, you wear many hats you're a part of many projects how did you get into it well first thank you so much for having me back adam i think it's just so cool that we were able to do this and that it just worked out so well seeing as we literally just launched uh yen site so and and that was so cool that we were all able to share the link and everybody can go check it out for sure if they uh, are on your channel or crypto with english which is awesome because we put so much time into just getting the website to be perfect and ready but um yeah so my background is in entrepreneurship and in 2021 i pivoted uh essentially away temporarily from um being in the fashion realm but in the physical fashion realm to kind of focus on NFTs and to try to discover how we as as um, as a startup in the fashion world could stand out amongst the competition in a more novel way. And so that started with us then, my business partner Guy and I, making a decision to pursue our own uh, artistic creation. And in this case, uh, that the result of that was to go with sad buns. And, Sad Buns has just been an amazing experience because that has helped us really tap into the Web3 community through having created a project of our own and then using this 
project. So in the case of Sadbans, to do all of the trialing and erroring and all of the base research, as well as um, going into Instagram, uh, especially early last summer, and basically um, saving about 40 plus different Instagram handles that uh, contain the word NFT something in it. So we very much became uh, quite prevalent and, and dominant within the NFT space and how we positioned ourselves to, to basically be running so many pages at once. And the result of that was that um, Blue and I connected via Instagram. And it was because of the fact that one, um, I was in NFTs, but besides that, which is quite interesting as well, um, was that I'm also in the drinks business. My business partner, Jerome and I, have a alcohol-free wine brand, which will be launching this summer called Sin Vinos, and we produce that in Spain. And at the moment I'm based in Spain, but I finished my education in the UK, and then I moved back last year here. And so ever since then, as mentioned, summer last year, it's just been full-time NFTs uh, and all things Web3 and just figuring out how um, the applications and utility, which essentially have emerged as a result of us having now kind of like a specific way to focus on what it is we're doing and have keywords to refer to it as so in this case you know obviously we're tokenizing the bottles to nfts but those nfts though aesthetically it might be artwork which represents that collection um the actual nft as as blue was elaborating on is uh more than just artwork because it, it's essentially your access into the yen club which is what uh you know blue and i spent an extensive amount of time really just looking at in how we would be able to set up an ecosystem where this concept of trust verification amongst all of uh, our yen official products could take place over time especially as you know we expand product lines and so on because you know why would we only limit ourselves to be in only gin so we definitely have plans to explore all of the different um exciting and new innovative ways that we can produce drinks uh that can you know in many ways also inspire from um just the lush nature that exists in new zealand there are many interesting botanicals worth exploring. So there's just lots of options in general. And so fortunately, through having all of these different points like fashion, drinks, NFTs, we were just able to really just on the one hand, really connect and start to form a friendship. And obviously, wherever I could provide advice, uh, I was I was always super happy to help. But, um, you know, everybody has their strengths, uh, but everybody also needs a team to really be able to pull something brilliant forward. And uh, as we know in entrepreneurship, there's no such thing as just doing something all alone. And, you know, again, it was more, I I had a very in-depth uh, kind of knowledge, which I was bringing with me, where I could help shorten the learning curve drastically for Yen to be able to just be Web3 ready, as well as it being, you know, a physical product that exists in the real world and will be sold in a traditional way but it'll also be essentially sold and just positioned in a completely new way, um, which is just so exciting to see how, how well uh, our target audiences respond to the concept of really cultivating a world where you can universally consume the products you love. And that essentially that ecosystem that exists is all in agreement with this because 
they all want to be a part of that process where you just know about kind of everyone across that supply chain point slash customer experience. And we're definitely trying to, to, to push a lot of um, just new, new creative ways forward and how we're going to market this and how we're also going to just expand this brand. So it's just, again, as a, as a, as an entrepreneur in my heart, uh, just wherever I get the opportunity to do something new and novel and different, it's just, it's just so exciting. So I'm just really grateful that, um, you know, Blue and I connected and that, of course, uh, Blue Luke and I are really just pulling this boards now and it's all really going very well with the launch, just as the base launch, it was very successful. So everything's going really well. Right, Blue? Oh, Blue. Oh, Blue. may have lost your mind. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, no worries. I think... Um, we couldn't set it any better. And I think we're yeah, just been super fortunate to have such a diverse team, even though it's just three of us, but how we all know our strengths and our weaknesses, and then we all fill that space, you know? And I think that's the best thing with any business. It's knowing your strengths and knowing weaknesses and filling those spots when you need to. And that's what we've done. And I think it's going to be great for the brand and great for the business. And I mean, like, it's all a learning curve. We'll see how it goes with this one. And it doesn't mean we're going to stick with gin. We might go, okay, we have goals and we really want to go into more drinks and more beverages. So we've got a lot of, yeah, the future's endless, I think. So we've been very fortunate to be part of it so far. Solid advice. And I think those are words to live by, especially if you're an entrepreneur, an enterpriser, really understanding your strengths and weaknesses and uh, really forming a team where other members can complement for your strengths and also kind of, um, you know, I, I guess you could say people who, who you could lean on to maybe compensate for maybe weaknesses, so to say, in, in certain areas as, as well. Now, you know, nobody's an island, you know, nobody's a one person army. So I think that's very well said. And by the way, I have to say to the both of you, going on the website, yen.co.nz, this is an incredible website. And I would say this to all the guests who are watching right now. If you're in NFTs, you're in Web3, you're looking for a very catchy, and I mean catchy and engaging, I would even say enthralling website for a product. This is it. And I say this with all due candor, and I don't think I even say this type of statement too often. This is a excellent, artful, I guess you could say artfully prepared website for this type of product. So again, I would say to anybody, go to yen.co.nz and kind of, you know, going off of that, could you explain the ecosystem? So I guess you could say the physical product of the gin and the NFT and the membership community and what does all of that entail for somebody who wants to join, wants to start, you know, getting Yenjin NFT tokens and perhaps the Yenjin, I guess you could say bottle of gin itself. And by the way, uh, like I said, everybody, check out the website. Even the bottle alone is awesome. Just from a pure branding and advertising point of view. So anyway, the floor is yours uh, to the both of you. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. But yeah, basically the framework of what the NFT will do for us is we wanted to, we're releasing as an NFT initially. So that's the only way to get into the brand initially. So these five, these 100 NFT holders will then get this exclusive member, lifetime membership access basically which then will give them an opportunity to be able to be part of the club, be part of close to us to Joy, Luke and I, 
and be able to talk to us through our Discord and kind of be in special um, avenues through that. And then also they will feel connected, like they'll be able to go to a bar if they're a holder of yen and pretty much just wave this card, right? And then you're already this person that gets, you get discounts on your drinks, you get discounts on whatever they have, we have offerings into that bar. And the same in liquor stores, you get these discounts. Um, here in New Zealand, we only sell hard liquor in liquor stores. We don't sell it in supermarkets or anything yet. We're not able to. So our partnership with liquor stores will be great. Um, and having that, it's kind of like having that membership card for your local liquor store, but it's actually global. So you can go anywhere you want to go. So I could be in LA tomorrow and use my card, or I could be back in New Zealand and use my card because I am a member. But then also, further from that, we want to keep growing that community and be, allow others to be able to get part of that community. So we have something called the subscription part that we're going to release later on today. And that will allow people to be able to pay a monthly fee. Um, and then that will give them an exclusive whitelisting into the next NFT we release. And that will then give them the benefit of being able to buy another, you get part of that NFT and then they won't have to pay the membership. They'll be actually an NFT holder for life. Um, but initially before they get that NFT, they still get the kind of, they get benefits. They do get other benefits, but just not as many as the one that owns the NFT. Um, and then also from that, we kind of want to start doing more like, um, so when you buy, so there's a hundred, so there'll be a hundred NFTs, which you'll get a number and on your card, you get your number. And then also that represents the kind of the tokenization of that bottle um as well which is really cool um but yeah i think joy might she can jump in and talk a little bit more around her thoughts as well by all means joy yeah so what's quite cool about um the ecosystem as we refer to it is that um what we get to do is obviously really form close working relationships with the stockists and the venues who will stock yen. And the reason why with a product like yen, we'd be able to set something like this up is it because of course it's an upper market luxury product. So our point in which we compete is differentiation, quality, you know, excellent customer experience, of course, taste, but the point is we're not a volume product per se. So when you essentially decide to to be a part of Yin as a, as a stockist or a restaurant or a hotel, you know, really uh, it could be any point uh, where someone might just be basically selling gin or any type of spirit for that matter, where they might also be interested though in that idea of, of onboarding into uh, the world of blockchain because, you know, all of a sudden this interesting gin brand is doing something with nfts which is more than just art and it just we, what we're trying to do with our move as much as we want to uh, leverage blockchain technology for you know how it's going to benefit us as a brand but we also want to use this as an opportunity to onboard because this is that type of product which could compel, you know, at the moment, I would argue an industry, which is more like hospitality. And I guess you could say like, you know, uh, restaurants, mixologists and so on, just in general, um, they don't really necessarily have that NFT really 
besides, you know, of course, they, there are companies like, uh, especially whiskey, who um, have done certain things with NFTs. But the trick is like this just at the very beginning of where that whole industry in itself, just, just the liquor industry alone, where that's going to go. And then there's just so many different layers involved in how you can just tap into these worlds. But most importantly, because of that element of us trying to educate, trying to onboard and to try to really like cultivate uh, also, you know, in many ways, a community for kind of all the venues and stockists and, and stuff, you know, technically they would all, especially venues, because what we plan on doing, and it's already been set up on the website for people to just get a good example of seeing how it would all look is that we have a virtual map um, essentially like a common, I guess you could say to give you directions to find your closest uh, venue or stockists who may be supplying yin. So when you go on a trip somewhere, wherever you go, um, our plan is to, you know, have global uh, venues and stockists all over the world where you could really go and enjoy yin uh, regardless of where you are in the world and that's what we want to try to build and what we want to do with the website as well once we actually launch the nft collection is to actually dedicate a section in the website where you actually can read about these venues especially very interesting venues that we partner up with we give them a great opportunity for people to learn about them too learn about their cuisine, you know, even mark their restaurant as like one of the must-go spaces when they're actually uh, traveling or so. So all of a sudden, it's just this very interesting kind of like win-win-win-win model for, for all uh, the different stakeholders in this picture, because throughout, it's it's just been built on trust, it's been built on honesty, it's been built on quality, uh, quality relationship building, uh, excellent customer service, excellent, of course, like, you know, partner relationships, all important points uh, within any operation, whether, you know, you're in NFTs or not, you know, these are things that you should strive to have maintained in, in that type of way. So that's, that's what we really want to try to do with this, seeing as we would be engaging with our supply chain that way anyways, why not actually use this as a great opportunity to also just raise even more awareness about those that we, you know, really like connect with and want to work with. And, you know, that'll really be one of those methods that'll help us drive the brand forward and motivate people to want to be a part of Yen Club because we're putting in this light level of effort for everybody to, to really win in this, in this picture. Wow. And by the way, appreciate that explanation. And one of my takeaways, and by the way, this is a learning experience for me, especially when it comes to gin. I had no idea gin is so readily able to be produced, you know, unlike whiskey, that which takes years, you know. So when it comes to gin itself, it seems to me the market has severely underestimated this product, especially if it's something that's very complex tasting and it's good. And it's readily available to be made and produced. So my question is, who was the demographic in mind when coming up with this product? And the reason why I'm asking, because in the U.S., it seems like the gin market has had kind of peaks and valleys and may have been a little fickle. Because I remember some years where gin was very popular, and then it kind of goes into relative um, obscurity. And I know that's not the case 
everywhere. And a lot of times I think when it comes to gin, it seems to be like a drink and a product that you see more, a kind of more, I guess you could almost call it aristocratic kind of settings, you know, like dinner parties and, you know, things that are a bit more formal. I look at the Yen Gin bottle, I'm like, I could see this at any major club in the United States. Like, this looks like something you'll see in Miami or New York City. So, um, listen, uh, if you can kind of get into the nuances about that, that would be great. 100%. I think um, well, our overall goal was we, we saw, especially in New Zealand or gin in general, it's all about the craft. It's all about, like, where it's come from, what botanicals go into it, and, like, the taste right. of it. And, obviously, that is the it's the groundwork of what our brand is. Like it, it tastes good. We know that people love to drink. We know that they will buy and buy again. But at the further standpoint, we wanted to target a different audience to that. We wanted to be fresh. We wanted to be fashionable. We wanted to be in the new, like the world of like where we will, where me and Luke are kind of and and kind of like I, I work heavily in kind of the music industry. So I wanted to be able to create a drink that we could get into music videos or connect with musicians and kind of like still sit and hit those type of people where they usually drink tequila, vodkas, that type of style. And then also we knew globally, because Luke's from the UK and I've lived um, a lot here in the States, um, but back home we don't really have, bottle service isn't really a thing. It's not like we go to a club and get a drink and you obviously get a table and you get bottles. And we're like, that's what we want to change the game with, with gin. So we wanted to get come in on the champagnes. We wanted to come in on the vodkas, and we wanted to come in Yingjin, the black sheep, and come in and that and come in and be that type of thing. And that's why we wanted to make sure that the branding was bold, fresh, and kind of appealing to the younger audience. And it's sitting at the moment. We've got a few different type of prototypes that we did, and this was the latest one that we kind of went with, which is sitting in like a not the, the classic wine bottle style. But it's most bottles in, in the, on the like on the back shelf of the bar, what are gyms, are either clear and they're usually either kind of a square or a rounder shape, short and stumpy. And we're like, okay, let's do something that's fresh, modern, and kind of just an outlier. So when it sits up there, people are going to see this thing and they're going to be, oh, what's that? And they'll be intrigued, right? So that was kind of like the, the first kind of idea around the branding, the style to target the audience that we want to hit, which is the younger from like the mid twenties to mid, uh, late thirties. But basically we do understand that that community is a little bit harder to tap into because spirits are, it's a higher luxury price. So it's kind of, we're trying to work our way and kind of build and build an awareness and build that community as well as still speak to the people that buy um, hard work. Um, so yeah, we're kind of, but that was our kind of goal. We really wanted to sit fresh, new, modern, and sit where the vodkas sit and don't sit where the gyms normally sit. Um, right. So that was kind of the idea around the branding and the style of where it is. Well put. Thanks, Blue. Enjoy. Well, so the wonderful thing about Yin was that when I came in, uh, it was more I needed to come in to help Yin become a star. But the star in itself was already defined perfectly by blue. Uh, so really where we are at now is to bring this brand to life and to let the world know about it because it's definitely very exciting what we're doing. And uh, we really hope that this is also really going to inspire 
many hybrid business models in future just in the spirits industry but others too because again what's so fascinating about this opportunity is we are just able to onboard uh, more and more to be able to get to that goal that we're all working towards by being in web3 which is you know mass adoption and that you know we get to that part where basically everybody has you know uh, a crypto wallet of sorts and they're using that right. to interact right. online uh to connect with people you know that's that whole idea of the metaverse i guess you could say that's kind of what happened to blue and i when we connected on instagram that's kind of like the web 2 face of like that final bit of what it will be like when you try to put together your perfect team online and obviously once uh, more and more people actually join some type of metaverse or some type of club there where they start meeting people it just opens up so many opportunities to piece together the perfect team that you had previously maybe not had the ability to put together because you were restricted by essentially your geographical position which is no longer the case now and it's even more incredible because you know obviously i'm able to support yen completely digitally and i'm not i'm not in new zealand i'm in spain right now and everything that i need to do for this brand i can digitally do which is just so amazing and you know there are just so many amazing tools out there too to be able to just organize your entire operation completely digitally so honestly at this point you have to ask yourself like if you're not setting up a business of some sorts online right now like right. what are you doing with your time <laughs> That's a very good point. And I want to ask you both, how did the team come up with the name? Hmm. I was actually, um, originally, we are kind of bouncing through different ideas and I was kind of like, our whole thing is around design. Uh, I wanted something around like, what is, this is something new, it's fresh, and it's kind of like, what, like, yeah, we wanted something that, you know, something that kind of represented that. And I was like, okay, what's, we found out a word for desire is actually yin or yinning for something. So you're yearning for something. And that kind of the whole thing around yin. It's basically the old English word, which is, you know, obviously you've got the Japanese word for dollar, but then you've also got it for the old word is for yin. So you yin for something. So I yin and I desire. So, it's all about desiring for the brand or desiring for what you want. And basically that's why one of our taglines is in us forever. So it's desire us forever. Um, and that's kind of like our back kind of bone to the brand uh, because we know that it's not just going to be gym or it's not going to be, it's going to be an overall product. So we just kind of want to be able to sit into different avenues with it. It could turn into the fashion world. It could be anywhere, but that's why we wanted an opening brand product and i think this name is strong it's short it's quick and it's it's uh quirky in the sense that people are like yeah what dollar what you know or you know right. there's, there's a little bit of a new touch point to it and i think yeah we've been very fortunate to kind of be able to tap into this and kind of i don't know just yeah also just branding wise is super easy to brand because it's three letters it's block and sure. it kind of just really hits differently and that's why I think I'm just trying to just push on the name. And that's, yeah, there wasn't a huge backstory, but that's basically the backstory of it. That is great. And, you know, from an outsider, I have to say, between the bottle, between the website, between the content that's already out there, it has this very sleek 
futuristic minimalism. So I think looking at the bottle, even if you don't know what's inside of it, you want to you want to pick it up and see what it's about. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that is my initial instinct from looking at the bottle, looking at the website. I'm like, this thing could be from like 2050. This thing could be from like, you know, uh, from from like Blade Runner or some sort of like cyberpunk movie. It looks like it belongs in that type of context and that type of context. It's always very cool for people, to say the very least. Yeah, I think also with especially in alcohol, it is initially because it is such a saturated market, right? In the beverage industry. Right. Like initially it is eye candy. It is people love to kind of like, oh, what's next? What's the new bottle? What's going on? And basically like look at the old school brands like Absolute Vodka from day one. They used to collaborate with artists and they had a different bottle every month. And kind of like with us, we wanted something that gets that attraction first, but we know because with Luke's specialty and he's obviously incredible, he knows how to make the best tasting gin. Like, and people love this stuff. Like yeah. we have been running a lot of tastings without even showing anyone anything to do with the brand. We didn't show any product. We never showed them what it, even what it was called. And people love the taste of the drink. Not Because you know, like if you get associated to something, you like the look of it. You, you might just assume that it tastes good. But people right. have no idea about it. They literally just have a glass tonic and, this, and the, and the uh, gin inside and they're loving it and they keep asking for it and they want more of it. So I think initially, in a, like if you see it in the store, you're going to buy it, but you're going to continue to buy it because you actually like it. And you become right. part of that. And I think there's a lot of brands out there that look amazing, look sexy, look great, but they don't good, and i think that's where we're actually being able to tap into it and be able to make it taste good and then also still look good and that's the art of making the brand and a brand that stays sustainable and stays uh, gives us legs for the future and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to build a proper brand not just a gym and by the way just to add for anybody who's listening other than the fact that this is a groundbreaking type of product this is a good academic course on branding and marketing. So for all the viewers out there, listen closely to what Blue and Joy are saying right now. And I think some of these principles apply to almost any product as well. You really need to have a very strong foundation and philosophy behind it. And I think you both have articulated it very, very well. So thank you for that. Like I'm learning a lot from this episode already. So I'm very happy. I, I, was, wanting, I was wanting to know the technology behind it obviously without divulging too much the nft itself is this going to be based on ethereum or some sort of ethereum derivative type platform um whatever you both are comfortable discussing for sure well initially what i yeah i'll just be quite honest to it but basically initially we were looking at doing it through um open because we wanted it to be especially because it's new and like gyms yep. haven't really tapped into the NFT market. So I was like, okay, what's something that we can get people into easily, like Polygon or something that's so they don't go on and be like, damn, I've got to pay for NFT and then I've got to pay gas prices and then I've got to do all this. Yeah. And then we were looking into it like that. But then I then tapped obviously with Joy and Joy, we started looking into it deeply. And with OpenSea, it's a great platform and it's, it's so open source and it's incredible and it's great for different things. But for us as being what Yen is and what we want to do with this tokenization of it and become a brand that you actually buy into as being a club member, 
we wanted something that was a little bit more legitimate ball, something that obviously makes us a bit, yeah, just looks more luxury because that's where we're trying to sit. So right. that's where we've been looking into different marketplaces and trying to find the best that really resonates with the brand um, and how it really works. And we've knuckled it down for a few, a couple of different places, but then we've kind of set our stone on um, wearable as we see that that is a really, that it's a sexy brand, it's fashionable, it's peak, and it also has this really good connective with the tokenization. Um, that Joy could probably talk a little bit more around. Yes. Well, yeah. yeah, so in the end, we were just basically considering our options and Rarible just made the most sense because the truth is in the end, for what we want to create, the fact that we can tokenize the collection ourselves with a, with a 721 on Rarible, and that just lets us completely authenticate our product seeing as you know as we had mentioned nft by being connected to the bottle you know that in the essence is also like its own form of like um trust verification which you can verify from anywhere in the world right if you are one of those bars let's say or a hotel or maybe a restaurant and you manage to get one of the first 100 nfts in this case and then you have that bottle, you literally have a blockchain gin bottle, you know, in your bar. Right. That's something that's quite cool. And maybe the owner of that bottle doesn't even want to open it up. And then if they did, maybe they decided they're going to charge a premium uh, for that bottle because it's a first edition, one of 100 uh, yen gin bottles. And it's also completely verifiable through NFT tokenization which is enabled through the blockchain and therefore you could literally check if it were or weren't in fact uh, a, a legitimate gin uh yen gin bottle right because you could right. scan it and take you then there to the nft which would represent the number that that particular bottle has been tokenized to because that's how we've set the collection up it's not that there's going to be a lot of varied artwork the point is it's the first edition collection and it's about the number in this game and not so much about the artwork, even though the artwork is stunning because obviously, you know, Blue is a super talent with this. But the trick is, of course, again, the beauty about the NFT is that we can give uh, benefits and, and utility to the NFT, which we all appreciate about what the blockchain and NFTs gives us is that you can attach so much to essentially one unit of, of something, whether it's an MP4 or a JPEG, whatever, whatever you want to go with. Uh, and then that's what makes it interesting um, in the long term beyond it also just being a very cool piece of art and it being a very cool concept, seeing as we have that physical element uh, attached with the real bottle and all. And of course, the owner of the NFT will receive that bottle. I mean, they will have to like check out in a very specific way but we have that whole kind of plan set up in how you would buy the NFT and then essentially you would be able to get in touch with us and then you would give us your details and then that bottle as well as the card with the engraving of the number that would all be there and right. you would right. literally have your yen so NFT. That'll be the first people with the bottle, the first hundred people in the world with the bottle. And I would have to, yeah. oh, sorry, go on. <laughs> No, but before we start doing any pre-orders or actual sales, so they will be the first people to have the bottle. 
Wow. So being a member of the Yin Club, this to me almost seems like being in the uh, VIP section or bottle service section already in, in a very virtual sense. And then also a tangible sense as well. So already the feeling I'm getting is once I become a member of the Yenjin community, it's like essentially being in the bottle service section. It's like being part of a VIP club, you know, so to say. So I think that's very that's communicated very well from the website when I was you know, looking at it. And I, you know, I did have a, another question. So when creating Yinjin, was this kind of made to be kind of almost like in defiance of the traditional gin industry? And this is, and the point I'm about to raise is purely anecdotal. So, you know, please correct me, clarify, you know, by all means, you know, further expand upon. So, you know, the, one of the major labels that comes to mind is Bombay Sapphire. So, you know, the UK-based gin, when I've been to the UK, I, I saw it virtually everywhere. In the US, uh, not so much. And when you look at Bombay Sapphire, you look at the bottle, you have a sense that it's historical, it's regal, it's, it's very classic, so to say. But it's not exciting, you know, to be very candid with you. That's what I kind of, you know, took away from it. I look at Yin Jin. That is in total defiance of that. And I mean this in a, as a compliment in a very positive light. It's exciting. Even if I do not know what's in the bottle, I would probably order it, you know, so to say. <laughs> so, you know, I remember in my 20s, let's say if I was going out with my friends in New York City or various clubs, yeah, you do have the absolutes. You have the vodkas, you have the tequilas, and you have the, you know, usual beers. But a lot of times you wouldn't see, per se, gin at a lot of those, you know, kind of places. So when creating this product, did you have some of those kind of failings of the gin industry in mind? Exactly. That's what I, I mean, from the get go, it's all about craft and that's not, it doesn't yeah. resonate. That's why it's not resonating in America because you could be crafty out here in New Zealand, but who actually really cares where it's from? It's not that it's more around like what, what alcohols all have backstories. They all have that kind of stuff, but they need to be, right. you really need to adapt to the different market. And that's why we've seen that if we come out strong as a brand that's going to be adaptable in markets like the US or other places, I think it's definitely helpful for us as a new brand to be like that and be fresh, new, and kind of speak in a different way than everyone else. Because there is every week there's a new gym releasing in New Zealand because it is such a trend at the moment. And the rise in, of obviously the users and people that are drinking it is dress, like, dramatically increased. So we were like, we really need to figure out a way of, if we want to take it this avenue and take it this channel, we need a way of making us be fresh, new. And that was kind of, that's the whole thing around you, being new. It's the black sheep. And that's why we've made it a black bottle. And that's why we're, we're different. I like we're, that. We're the black sheep to the gym industry. I like that. Hmm. Enjoy. I think Blue uh, put it perfectly. I mean, in the end, uh, there's huge demand for gin in uh, the UK and Europe, um, but it's going to be very interesting to uh, to play with the power of branding um, and image, of course, because we got the flavor part on point. Now it's about the the creative strategy to uh, bring love for gin to life, especially in the US, which is just awesome you know challenge accepted right. let's definitely make a gin tre uh, trend again in the us um seeing as obviously in europe and that's like the really interesting comparison in this picture 
is that you know everybody in Europe loves gin. Everybody loves gin. So to to hear about how you know it's not as much of a first choice in the U.S. is just that might change. Interesting. No, no, of course, but you know, I mean, for yeah. for me too, no, just like right. for, for just like practical like market research, um, and you know, it's just interesting to hear it from you as well, Adam, in our in our pre uh, pre show call, where I just it's funny, it's just yeah, um, you know, I just when you are so surrounded by by one of the main cultures basically that consumes a product. Of course, you know, the market in general is oversaturated and that's again why we have a differentiation strategy in place with how we tell a different story than every single, you know, story that you classically hear with, uh, with a traditional brand or, you know, a traditional gin. It's, again, it's, it's just about being very forward, uh, forward thinking with taking technological advancements into account seeing where the industry is going creatively speaking right like that's something that like at the baseline that's where blue and i were at anyways so by having this foresight into the future and and being in the creative realm it's like if you're not if you don't connect the two dots at this point it's it was it was inevitable that that something like this would have been one of those methods that will help us be competitive in an overly saturated market and again it's because of this differentiation strategy and so yeah it's just really exciting to see what that's actually really going to do and uh, how that's going to shape and change consumer behavior in the process of us scaling so, this brand 100 i think so right and also as any brand these days if you don't come out as being caring like sustainable caring about the environment or anything with packaging good point or, uh, and you get eaten alive. And if you don't come out, like when you, people need to understand that the web free world is the future of any brand, no matter what it is. If it's a service, if it's anything, there is an opportunity in that. And you have to be adaptable and you have to understand that the market is changing. And that's what we, we see it as a brand. We're just like, we really need to tap in now. So then we don't have to be like, oh, now it's too late. We're part of it, you know? And we're building from that because this will be the first step and there's so much more for the industry to go further from this but this is the first step in and you have to be aware of what's going on in the audience like no matter what your brand is whatever your product is you have to understand what's going on in the marketplace and sustainability is a huge thing and obviously web3 nfts was a huge thing so we really wanted to have those two markets and make sure that we are doing those two things because that is the future of a business these days. That's great. And just to touch on a few things, I think your current customers and future customers will thank you both for this and the entire Yen team using Rarible to mint the NFTs versus other platforms. Um, a, you know, the gas issue is much more generous when it comes to using Rarible. And also as well, because less gas, so to say, Ethereum gas or whatever type of blockchain gas is involved, it is actually friendlier to the environment. So it is great that you that you and the team, that both of you and the team took that route. And, you know, I always believe that fortune favors the bold. And I've also heard this other adage or quip or quote in various degrees, but it's better to be first than, than to be faster. So when this thing skyrockets and blows up and becomes big, you are the brand. There's nobody else doing this right now. 
you know, to, um, you know, to say, to say the very least. So I think that is, I think that is absolutely incredible. And I would say from where both of you are, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs in this space that are trying to do something very out of the box and, you know, very, um, whether you call it controversial, whether you call it esoteric, whether you call it just unique, what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs? Because there has to be various points that it feels very, very tough to stick to your guns when you're doing something very different. Hmm. For me, it's definitely understanding what the audience needs or understanding what the market needs. And if it still is what you're doing, then go for it. Hit the gun, run with it and do it. And like, what have we got to lose, right? Like, if it's, like at least we've tried it and at least we've right. got to do it. And it's like, there's always, there's always negatives and there's always boundaries and so, sorry and like um barriers to overcome and right but you really just need to push through it and you'll learn from it and we'll learn from this like well it might not be the first thing we do with the brand it might it's just an amazing thing to start with and it's something that we really want it we see like heavily in love to be doing so we're going with it and it's basically that's my advice would just be like back your instinct back your gut and just hit it go got it because if Enjoy. you do oh, i mean yes. if you do Luke. sorry last thing if you do care about something then and you do really push it and do really have like a, a willing to do something for something then and your love for it then it will do well you will be successful in it you just have to put your time and put your courage into it and really just go for it wonderfully put enjoy beautifully put what about beautifully you put. yes <laughs> absolutely well, so to add on to that, um, I would definitely say Blue described it perfectly from where your spirit needs to be as an entrepreneur, if you want to really be an entrepreneur. And the only thing that I can do is is recommend it because, you know, if, if, you, if you do embrace that fully, you know, that's kind of you uh, getting as close to freedom as you possibly can and finding right. a way to do what you love and then manage to also, you know, sustain your life from that, which is, you know, it's the harder way to go, but it's absolutely worth it. Anything worth having is not coming easy. And if it does come easy, I probably didn't want it anyways, because I feel like when you work hard for something, it just nothing quite compares. But from an, just from an NFT kind of Web3 uh, final bit of advice, um, just in the interest of just helping any brand who may come across this. I think that authenticity is really key when mapping out your NFT strategy because it needs to align with what you're doing. So, for example, in our case, because we have real physical bottles involved in this picture, um, we don't necessarily need to compete on an art front and have lots of varied content per se in our NFT drop. We can set it up in a way that it's more based on numbers because we are restricting the number we issue to 100 and then that's 100 bottles that get set aside, which will be special bottles, hand signed, you know, connected to the card, connected to the NFT. Um, and then that in itself is its, its own product experience. But, um, you know, that works for yen, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that would work for, let's say, an aspiring artist who wants to put together a more artistic brand 
where maybe they're more in fashion or uh, you know physical any type of physical art where they just want to also again leverage uh, all of the many benefits that come from using the blockchain uh, like one of one of them being you know that artists can receive royalties uh, every time that that NFT sells of course there, there are many other benefits involved but like you know these are great examples of solutions which were lacking as well as being able to like verify the authenticity of the NFT per se, and also let's say the physical good too that's attached to that NFT, you know, this verification is enabled. So it's definitely worth it to have something like that in your model and in, in whatever way that you could essentially try to tokenize or essentially give a title to your, your official item. Uh, this is definitely that opportunity to look at how you do that um but yeah definitely do not doubt yourself uh go go with your gut 100 percent. go with the wave too if you catch the opportunity you know give it that extra 10 minutes to read and then maybe give it that extra 30 minutes to read more maybe go watch a few more videos because you know if it if it wasn't for if it wasn't for the fact that uh you know my business partner he had watched a, a video on YouTube um, and the keyword NFT had been featured in it, we would have not we would have not managed to have gotten in as early as we did because we took everything that we knew as entrepreneurs and applied it to, to what this concept, like what an NFT was. And then basically just demystified it down to the part where we were like, okay, so this can be a lot. It's not just art. It's not just utility. It's it's all of the above and more. It's whatever you want it to be, but it's probably the most efficient way and and an automated way too, right? Because you don't have a, like a human kind of manually doing anything in this picture either. It's 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 bound by smart contracts which have all of the details integrated within. When two conditions are optimal and right, they'll meet, and then. You know, there's no all of these issues that were the previously associated with you know life as we knew it more in like I guess you could say the industrial age. We've just kind of closed as we're really entering into kind of like the industrial age in a digital era where things will completely improve and and they will do so at a much faster rate now as we know like the space itself is traveling so fast mm. and to keep up you know you just you need to you need to dive in and you need to keep up too. That's the other thing. Consistency is so key in this game. If if you do not consistently do every single day, Read. you will you will unfortunately miss this train. Not that it's not that it's like you're missing it. We're so at the beginning that it's like I have to remind myself of that point, which is just crazy to think that. But it's you know. If you can catch a wave earlier than later, why not? And if this is right. where the future is going anyways, you might as well just do whatever you need to do inside to just get over whatever it is that stops you from wanting to learn and just like, just actually just learn instead of resisting. Right. Everything that feels like it's not going to be possible, everything that feels like a challenge, everything that makes you procrastinate, you know, you just have to, I know it sounds crazy, but you just have to just go against it and you just have to keep pushing and keep going. And um, is there anything else you'd like to add, Blue? No, that was it. 
Rock on. I totally agree with that. And I just got a few DMs right now. And if you two could be so kind, um, this is this is essentially the question. What is gin made out of and how do you make it? Um, this is from actually U.S.-based uh, viewers of this episode right now. And like I said, you know, gin is kind of relatively obscure in many ways. So if either mm -hmm. of you could take that question and just kind of summarize what it is in the process to make it, that would be perfect. Mm. Obviously, Ruth is the expert at that, but basically the foundation of what gin is, juniper berry, um, that you get from, um, it's grown in kind of like areas similar to like how wine and grapes are, like quite rugged kind of style. And then you take the ground, that's the framework, and then you can add any botanical, any kind of fragrance or anything you want. So you can add orange peel, you could add, add kawa leaf, you could add blueberries, you could add anything you want to that. But the foundation of what gin is, is the juniper berry, as well as obviously, um, if, if not like the base of the alcohol. Um, so you put those together and then you can basically put it all together and like Luke can make a batch overnight. He makes different batches all the time. He's working on another batch at the moment. Um, and basically it, that's the, the art of it, but the, art, the framework of it and you have to, to make it gin is a, a juniper. Thank you, appreciate that. And final question, what is next for you? And, or the release of the NFT is our next step after having obviously the release of the website and then from that is just building this community and just building the brand further we've got a lot of products that we've got on the pipeline and the works that we'd love to share obviously soon coming and people that part, get part of the community will get glimpses into new products and be able to even give us the, the art of obviously discord is we can put up a product and be like what would you guys like to see next? Would you rather see good. A pink gin or would you rather see a vodka or would you rather see a wine? Like what's, what, what do you want? And we really want to engage with our audience and get what our audience wants. And basically that's what we're trying to grow at the moment. We're growing the community so then we can give the community what they want and then you can grow further. And I think that's what we're trying to do step by step for me. Awesome. Yeah. Well, well put. And, uh, you know, I have to say to anybody out there who's watching this episode, you know, like I said, it's better to be first than to be faster. So uh, I would say Yen Jin, they are very much worth checking out right now. And mm -hmm. as in life, you don't ever want to be too late. So I want to say Blue, Joy, it was an absolute pleasure having both of you come on today, describe the product in such great, you know, um, detail and minutia, you know, going through every aspect of the branding, how it's made, the NFT process. This was a very, very illuminating episode from the both of you. And thank you so much for joining me um, today on Sunday to talk about the product. And I'm very much looking forward to having you both back on again in a few months. And then we can kind of recap from this and then find out where Yenjin is now and what are essentially the next ventures and pursuits. And, I would, and by the way, I would put this out to both of you. If you whenever the time is, is most appropriate, when you're looking to expand into the US, I do have a few contacts. I'd be more than happy to make some introductions, um, facilitate any networking on your behalf for that as well. So please, you know, when, when that time comes, let me know. Thank you so much. Really thank appreciate Thank you so much, Adam. Yeah. Anytime. Thanks Listen, for having us on. Thank you both for coming on. Have a wonderful day. And I'll talk to both of you very soon.
You too, you too Adam. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for your time on Sunday as well. Huh? It's Anytime. cool that we did this. Thank you so much. Talk soon. Thank you. Thank you both. Thanks, Bye. 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 Be well. Take care.